isn't to live forever. The goal is to create something that will. Welcome to Perspective, a podcast for wedding creatives, where we sit down often with a special guest and talk about our many years of experience in the wedding industry so that you can learn from us and grow your wedding business. And who are we? Well, I am Simon, and this is the Twinkle Toes Everybody Knows, Ballerina, Gregorina. Together we are Cinemate Films, Scottish-based wedding filmmakers, and we've teamed up with Photography Farm to bring you six special episodes so that you get to know your mentors a little bit better for Thrive 2023, the all-star wedding photography workshop. Yes! Cannot wait. This episode is sponsored by With Jack but we'll get on to that a little bit later in the show. Greg, who are we talking to? We are talking to Sam Docker today. He's the second last speaker to be on this Thrive series. So Sam, hello, how are you? I'm very good, guys. How are you? Thanks for having me. Good, thanks. Yes, we are very well. So what have you been up to recently? Have you had a busy start to the year? It's... There hasn't really been any downtime for me. It doesn't ever feel like I get downtime anymore. It's just, uh, I feel like I've got new new projects on the on the go, uh, which is great and exciting. But that kind of, you know, period of sort of January through till March, April time used to be a bit of a kind of a breather. Now it's just, no, let's just keep going. Let's, let's crack on. So. <laughs> yeah. And are your, are your bookings? Which is great. I enjoy it. Yes, absolutely. And how are your bookings looking for, you know, the year coming? Is it's, it looking all... It's, it's very, very different. I think we've all had a little bit of a an unusual few years that we don't need to go into. It, it just is what it is. Um, but it has made... It has made... I'm getting email notifications. I need to try and turn it off. Don't I? I don't want that. <laughs> um, it has... Uh, it, it's made this year, this year is very unusual um, because the last two years particularly have just been highly condensed, haven't they? Mm. I think a lot of people in the industry don't feel like they've stopped since kind of what June twenty twenty one. But this year looks looks really really good. I've I've, I've I'm at a stage that kind of at that stage that I was working to almost five six years ago, which is real balance. Um, you know, good a good mix of weddings. Um, you know, I've got like two in June. I've got one in July. I've got, what have I got now? Two in May, one in June, two in July, two in August, three in September. You know, I've got a really nice spread. I've not got any kind of crazy bonkers months where I know I'm working, you know, every single weekend. You know, I've got like 13 weekends off in June, July and August, which is kind of incredible, really. <laughs> yeah, like, that's awesome. It makes me wonder, God, am I actually going to be okay? Like, have I got enough work in? <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's been very intentional. You know, I've, I, I kind of set that goal, you know, a few years ago. Yeah. Trying to kind of get to a state where I didn't have to work every single weekend of the year. So, mm. yeah, it's good. Good. For our listeners out there who maybe haven't heard about you or even about the stuff that you make, do you want to introduce yourself? Um, I, I mean, I can try. Um, can try. <laughs> I, th- I think... I don't know. I mean, it's hard to do, it's hard to kind of talk about yourself, isn't it? In that in that way, I see myself as just I'm a creative at heart, um, and I got into wedding photography because it kind of filled that creative void that I felt like I was always missing from um, other jobs and careers. Um, I had a, a real mix of jobs leading into this that kind of you know served a purpose and 
and I took a lot of value from, but they never really, they never really fulfilled me or made me feel like, yeah, this is, this is it. Um, until I went to shoot that kind of, probably not even the first wedding, probably this, probably the third or fourth wedding, there was just something that like the penny dropped and I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah. There's something here that I just really love. I didn't really mm. know what it was, yeah. but I just felt, I just felt that kind of like that spark and that, that buzz and that level of excitement was there. And, and from there that was, you know, that was about 11 years, 10 or 11 years ago now. Um, just haven't really looked back. I've just kind of just gone full throttle with it. Um, I'm not somebody that kind of, um, does anything half-heartedly if i'm like going to go for it i like <laughs> i get all the kit i get all the gear i learn yeah. as much as i can and i'm just like no i'm i'm going to do this and i'm just going to go after it and and yeah that's in a in a in the shortest possible sense that is what what i'm about and i think over the last few years that's kind of changed a little bit i'm still a wedding photographer at heart that is still my kind of that's like my bread and butter i suppose like that's my core offering but mm -hmm. Since sort of 2014, 15, I started to like do a lot, a bit of teaching. I did some workshops, um, and and like that buzz that I get from weddings, I also get that buzz from helping other photographers and you know passing on knowledge and like seeing them kind of go on that journey and move into business and and, and developing their careers. Yeah. Um, and then sort of three or four years ago, I suppose probably it was like a, a a byproduct of the pandemic was that that all kind of moved online, and I remember doing like a a zoom workshop just to kind of try and get some kind of income in and, and had i think 100 people signed up to it so i was like oh hold on a second there's there's something in this and yeah <laughs> that's then shifted into kind of creating video content rather than doing it in person it's all created you know me doing it to camera yeah. um, and that's all now hosts online and, and the last the last two years have been been bonkers really it's all kind of shifted and we're just about to launch today the what I suppose is like the third or fourth v version of that course. Um, Ooh, exciting! And and yeah, it's just been a bonkers journey. I'm now in a studio. Um, we've started YouTube. I, I'm kind of going off on little tangents here, but that's kind of how <laughs> that's kind of where it's been in the last few years. It's been like, <laughs> let's just try these things. I've got a podcast. You know, yeah. it's just been it's been nonstop. Yeah, um, and I mean, so I so I actually listen. So you didn't mention your YouTube. Yeah, but I am uh, a subscriber to your YouTube channel. I do enjoy your little uh, podcast. I like that very much. Um, but do you know something that you are, Sam, or according to one of your videos last year, the master of excuses, which, which oh, I, I, I can I, find I no excuse. Was... Like, yeah. <laughs> well, first of all, aren't we all though? Do you not think we were all a bit <laughs> good at finding excuses? Really? Uh, perhaps. Greg, are you? Do you? Yeah, I probably am. Yeah? yeah. All right. I'm a bit of a pessimist as well. A, pe a you, pessimist? You're always coming up with these ideas and I'm like, yeah, but this. Yeah, but that. Yeah, and I'm coming up true. with excuses for, to not do them. That's, that's So yeah, I'd yeah, agree. But, yeah, but that's because I leave you with the harder jobs. To actually do the work. To actually do the work. <laughs> yeah. For example, Sam, so uh, about an hour before the podcast happened... Um, we're we're building out the studio stuff, so we're, we've got all these lights hanging from the uh, from individual stands and stuff. So to stop that, to minimise the setup, we bought trussing, which is essentially kind of what you see at gigs—the big heavy poles and stuff that create yep. a stage. So we're going to be building a cage around us, and I'm like, I'm not very good with numbers. I'll leave it up to Greg here. Like Greg, try and work out <laughs> the exact mathematics to make these all fit perfectly, and uh, and, uh. and they've come. And, and we don't think they're the right size. 
size. Uh, there's some small change needed. We can, <laughs> we can make it work. But that's why I'm so, you know, happy-go-lucky all the times because I don't do the hard shit. <laughs> and that means I don't get things wrong most of the time, which is great. But yeah, it, it sounds it sounds like a, a marriage made in heaven, though, doesn't it? Like you both bring <laughs> certain things to the table, don't you? Yeah. Well, for me, it's and... great. I don't do all the hard stuff, and Greg just. <laughs> yeah, but if it, if it wasn't for you, if it wasn't for you having those ideas and that that vision, like Greg would just be saying no to everything, his, <laughs> sat in his dressing gown in his you know in his dining room doing <laughs> nothing all day. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, that seems- maybe he needs maybe he needs you to give you give him those jobs and to kind of push him on and and and, and motivate him to. To do something productive oh my goodness i didn't realize that i mean that's that's quite a cutting comment i do apologize <laughs> well i didn't realize uh, that i'm the daddy of the office what what's happened here whoa that's right <laughs> i'm your daddy uh anyway so so if you're always coming up with excuses for things as you say yourself how how have you found a way to overcome coming up with excuses for things like how are you dealing with that um I think just I think it's probably just about having that awareness, isn't it? And just recognizing that what's the what's the alternative? Like I, I always think I always I try not to think about oh what's the worst that could happen. It's like what what could what could be the really positive thing to come from this? Um, and it's I suppose like if we use YouTube as an example, like we're filming, we're going to try and film an episode today around kind of why I've started a YouTube channel. And one of the points as to why I've started a YouTube channel is like the unknown and the the, the the potential of it that I don't I don't know I don't know where it's going to go, um, but if I don't give it a shot, I'm never going to find out. And sometimes you just have to give things a try. I think we all kind of, you know, I, I kind of reflect on my journey into being a wedding photographer. Like anybody that's in this industry as a supplier has at some point had to go through that process of I don't know if I can do this, but I'm going to give it a shot. And then what happens is you kind of get into it and you get settled in the industry and you go, oh, great, yeah, I'm, I'm doing this now. But what we don't then do is go, hold on, do I need to re- go through that process again mm. and like make myself go, what if I give this a try? What if I give this a try? And like, I suppose it's that age-old cliche of like, you know, n- nothing, nothing grows or, or comes from just being comfortable, does it? Very you true. Know, if we're all just if we're all just sat around going, well, I'm I'm great here. Things are comfortable. It, it it might be great and comfortable, but only for a certain period of time. There comes a point when it catches up with you. Yeah. And I think I'm just very aware of people catching up with me and just trying to like move to the next thing. And the benefit of it all is that I learn new skills and I grow and I develop. And I think when you're self-employed, like you really have to make a very conscious effort to do that. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, hundred percent. Because in you know, if you're in a, if you're in a job, if you have a, a an employer, you know they're often putting you through training courses or development programs. Mm. Um, but if you're self-employed, who's doing that for you? Oh. You've got to do it. You've got to do it yourself, haven't you? So that's, that's right. I suppose this is my way of kind of trying to focus on my own personal development, and the, the byproduct of it is that things just feel like a bit more easier and a bit more comfortable when you've gone through that process of shit, I don't think I can do this. Shit, I don't think I can do this. Shit, I don't think I can do this. Oh, I've done it. Oh, it's actually okay. Oh, right. What was I so worried about? Yeah. Once you've, once you've done that, I think once you've done that, once you've been through that process, you then realize that actually going through that process is really healthy. Mm-hmm. Totally. Because then things, then things just become a bit more comfortable. And yeah, you know, I've done a, a YouTube intro this morning 
and I did it in one, pretty much in one take, did it without a script, just had a few notes in my head. And I was like, do you know what? Like even four months ago, I would have spent an hour trying to do that. Yep. We've all yeah. been there, but, Sam. We've yeah. all been there. Do you know how you long know. it took me to do the the Welcome to Perspective? That took me months to learn. Yeah. And, and now it just comes yeah. out like natural. Yeah. yeah. And some, I, I, some I think a lot, of, much. a lot of what I've done over the last two year, two or three years, I can actually, it's really strange when I try and think, when I think about it, but I can, I can tie a lot of it back to that first point where I just spoke to my camera on my phone for Instagram. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a lot of it goes back to that point because it it was so unusual and alien at the time. This is in like twenty, I think it was in twenty twenty, and I felt so uncomfortable. <laughs> but actually, only good things came from it after a little period of time. Like you know, there were loads of times when I just I deleted it. I shot it four or five times, maybe even more than that. Um, but that opened up doors and ideas and potential that I couldn't have really foreseen, and that. And that, you know, really that that online Zoom course that I did was a was a byproduct again of putting myself out there and putting myself in front of a camera. Mm. And then all of this studio is a byproduct of me doing that course and going, well, hold on, if I just if I could record all of this and film it, then maybe maybe people will buy that and I can. Okay, well that's the next step. I've got to I've got to give that. Right, okay, well, I need my own space. I need my own studio. Okay, right, well, we'll do that. And then we filmed it all and we had, you know, 130 people sign up to the, the first launch in a week. Nice. So I was like, okay, well, this is this has worked. Yeah. yeah. And then you, you know, you, and then you go again, don't you? And then you go, right, well, <laughs> YouTube scares the shit out of me, but I'm going to give it a go. And <laughs> would you, um, yeah. you, it's just, it's just, it's just going through that process as many times as you possibly can rather yeah. than just sitting around being comfortable. Yeah. And, and the, well, well, the que- the question is now, do you call yourself a YouTuber? Cause I feel no, like no, that- not yet. <laughs> not yet. Nah, not yet. I, I don't know let's, why. Let's but- not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> but you're a, you're a podcaster though. Cause mm. you've started yes. up yeah, yeah. another idea with Igor. That's right. Uh, yes. I love so- it. How did that? I'm assuming, uh, given that I know Igor pretty well, I'm going to guess that he's the last person that's on your podcast. Well, he booked in before you. <laughs> he, he, but he you booked in. Yeah, I thought he did. It was a couple of weeks. It was close. <laughs> yeah. uh, we had to, you had to chase you up. <laughs> yeah, I know you did. I know. I've had a lot on the go. I've had a new I kitchen know, at home. It's all. It's all been a bit mad. But, yeah. um, so how did no, that like, relationship come yeah. about? So, oh, yeah. so we, we, um, me and Igor sat down in I think the summer of 2019, and we were. We met up for a coffee. We'd, we'd shot a wedding in Mallorca. Well, both shot a wedding in Mallorca on the same weekend and ended up meeting up for, for dinner and stuff. And we just had a chat and we were like, we should do something here. We should just meet up and just have a, just put some ideas out there. And the first idea that came out was just go, let's just start a YouTube channel. And this is in, I think, 2018, 2019. Mm-hmm. And nothing really came from that. It just, it was an idea that was just on the shelf and we didn't really pick it up. And then I suppose once I moved into the studio, we'd all, you know, we'd kept in touch and we were always chatting. Once I moved into the studio and we'd, and I, I realized we've got the space and the, the, the possibility to produce something. Cause you do need a space, don't you? You guys are the same. Like you, mm-hmm. yeah. it, there's only so much you can do with, you know, over a zoom call, you know, from your, <laughs> your, your spare room, like you need a space. Yeah. Right. And, um, we were just like, look, let's just give it a go. Why don't you just come in and we'll film a few. We, Eagle came in one sort of like November day, just to go like, let's just do a Let's just do a test. And we ended up just filming an episode and we're like, okay, well, we've done that now. (laughs) And we just wanted to, I think both of us are kind of, um, 
we have this kind of shared interest in just the creative industry as a whole rather than it just being about weddings yeah um, yes. and we really wanted to just kind of open up the conversation around just being a, a self-employed creative really and just running a business yeah um and again it's one of those things like we could have we could have found plenty of excuses they, they were there you know <laughs> um you know, and and we didn't. We just we just thought, no, come on, let's just give it a shot for four or five months. See what happens. Let's get some mm-hmm. get some episodes in the can, put them out there, and it's been it's been really well received. It's it's grown really well. The numbers are really kind of impressive for where we're at, but there's still a lot to do. Yeah, um, yeah, it's awesome. Uh, yeah, it's awesome. I, I love it. Um, well, so your relationship with Igor, like, what what do you like most about working? with Igor like, j- like just having someone there it always makes me feel better and I love photography I know photographers can get quite lonely and filmmakers can get quite lonely like so yeah what's what benefits do you reap with with working as a, a duo or even more people I th- from your office I think I think I'd I think I'd find to, I think I'd find it incredibly difficult to do do the kind of podcast that we do on my own um mm. I think, you know, kind of like you guys, like you, you have a relationship, you both bring things to the table. Um, me and Igor both have very different, but kind of complementing styles, I think, in how we go about the podcast. You know, Igor's very big into kind of doing his homework and, and diving into what their background is and thinking about his questions. Whereas yes. I tend to now, I've I've realized over the past sort of, um, you know, few months that actually I, I almost go into most of the interviews now without any notes and any kind of idea of where it's going to go and just kind of just pick up questions as, as they appear. Oh, and, yeah, okay. And just a bit more free-flowing. But that, mm. that kind of works. Like we both kind of know when to step in and ask something and it's just that kind of that mutual understanding of working together. Yeah. Um, does, does, does Igor have like any um, anything you don't like? Like, like any bits of him that you, you kind of, you know, I, I don't want to say, <laughs> hey, <you're probably>, hey, <laughs> are there any bits? What are you doing? What are you doing here? I, I, there are, there is nothing I don't love about Igor. <laughs> hey, I'm going to be asking him the same question. No, so. he's, a, he's a wonderful, he's a wonderful guy. No, I've got, I've got a lot of time. I've got, I've got a lot of respect for Igor as a, as a creative as well. What he's done as a wedding photographer, I think is, is hugely inspiring. Yeah. Um, what don't I like about Igor? Uh, guys, is there anything we don't like about Igor? I'm asking Amy and Courtney here in the <laughs> office here. <laughs> Come on. No, no, they both love him. No, oh, they both I, love him. I've listened to your podcast. Is it, it's maybe the fact that he likes Prosecco? Are you not like an exclusive that, champion well, person? Yeah, that would, that would, that <laughs> could be it. Whoa, that whoa, could be whoa, it. whoa. What's wrong with Prosecco? Sam, Sam hates it, apparently. It's just not, <laughs> it's just not champagne, is it? It's better. It's no, it's better. not. It doesn't, no, it doesn't have no. that kind I'm of... Not, I'm not going to entertain this conversation. Uh, That's the end of the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Fair Uh, enough, fair enough. But yeah, so you obviously, you've got a course, you do some education, you've now got the podcast. What what have you learned from broadcasting your thoughts on photography to the world? Like what what have you learned from doing that? Um, I mean, I don't know if you guys will relate to this, but like when, when I first started, even when I first started as an educator, I found myself going no one's going to want to listen to me. No, was, no one really wants to listen to me. Yeah. Um, and I found myself doubt. I, I had a lot of, a lot of self doubt, but the mm. one thing that you learn from sitting down to kind of write content as an educator, and then I suppose putting yourself out there as maybe a podcaster or a YouTuber, um, 
is that it makes you realize that you do know some shit like there is <laughs> like this there is a bit of knowledge here um and i don't for a second claim to be like somebody that knows everything i i, I certainly don't and I'm, I'm 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 a long way off that you know there are photographers out there in the industry that i would say are far superior to me but i think the difference is like i'm always happy and willing and enjoy helping people that are on the lower rungs of the ladder and they're just trying to climb that ladder. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if I describe myself as like a level seven or an eight photographer, there are people beneath me that are starting out that on that journey that are looking at me going, yeah, I like what this guy's done. And I think we're all a bit guilty of kind of stopping to reflect on where we're at a little bit. And mm -hmm. even here in like the studio, I kind of have to remind myself that I'm in a studio now and I'm doing all of these little things. <laughs> And I'm like, next thing, next thing, come on. And actually, sometimes I need to just stop and step back and go, you know, I've, I have done something quite, you know, uh, positive here and I have achieved something. Yeah. Um, and I just like, I just, you know, I just like helping. I like seeing other photographers take some of my ideas and go, yeah, that's really helped me. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's that same buzz that you get from delivering, you know, a gallery to a wedding couple and being like, yeah, I yeah. Love, love what you've done. Hell yeah. And, um, I, and I presume that's why you're coming to talk at Thrive because obviously that infectious energy for, for helping others. Lisa has seen that clearly. Um, so yeah, I yeah can't, I can't I'm really looking forward to Thrive. I've not, I've not been to, I've not been to it before. I've, uh, oh, yes. It's been on the radar for a few years. So I'm, uh -huh. I'm really looking forward to that week. It's going to be, it's going to yeah. be brilliant. Have you, so you've never been before, like uh, obviously as a speaker, but have you, did you go, you know, as a, no, I never, nev no, no, never went, no no Ooh, so exciting. i'm really looking forward to yeah and i love i love what lisa's done i think it's brilliant she's um mm -hmm. she's really inspiring as a as an educator as well like i love you know even just what i do and seeing what she's doing it just it's really inspiring and there's a you know there's a huge market out there for for everybody it's like that that idea of like competition isn't it it's, mm -hmm. you know people often kind of um try and have this approach of like oh i'm just gonna look after myself you know and this is my this is my island you know <laughs> yeah um but but actually, when you kind of connect and and um, collaborate, I suppose is probably the word, isn't it? Mm -hmm. You know, and that doesn't just mean as educators, like photographers, can be the same. Like if you have this very kind of closed off mentality, you're like you're just shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah, you know, you've just got to get out there and and be positive and be willing to share ideas and knowledge and referrals and mm -hmm. net like networking is just so often so overlooked by people that come into the industry. Like never underestimate the power of just building up a network of people around you. Definitely. Yeah. You know what? That's actually a, a great point because like referrals, I, I haven't even looked at the percentages anymore, but referrals is a huge part of our business and it takes the stress away of having to do like social media to like a higher standard. I mean, we're fine yeah. on social media, but it does take that pressure off. So that, that's that's nice. Yeah. Plus, it's also just like, if you have an issue, where can you go to? Like, who can you talk to? Can you talk to other people? Can you help other people who might be more willing to open up with their issues? Yeah, absolutely. You know, great. So. It, it just it just benefits you and your business mm -hmm. just beyond measure for me. Yeah. You know, it, it's like it's building up that web, isn't it, of, you know, like we can't all be available for every inquiry that comes in. Mm. And, you know, I, I think it's important to build a network of people that are like-minded. They have a similar approach. They have a similar style, you know, pr like there's no point referring work to somebody that's got a polar opposite style and is yeah. a totally different price point. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think that's often a, a mistake that people kind of, um, or a trap they fall into. 
Mm. So just having that awareness, I think, is pretty key, and just trying to connect with people that are on your on your wavelength, are at a similar maybe like point in the journey, they're at a similar mm. sort of price point. Um, it can just be you know mutually beneficial to, to to all parties, really, if you can if you can make that connection. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mentioned this on the last episode about. Um, you know, if people are out there come to thrive by themselves or whatever, definitely hook up with others. Uh, and I'm pretty sure I said that we're also open to connect with, like come and chat to us or whatever. Are you the same? Are you going to be open or are you going to be very nervous about your talk? <laughs> um, no, I've, I've, I kind of, I mean, I will, I will have, a, I'll definitely have a wobble when it comes okay. to doing the talk. Um, but no, people, you know, yeah, I, I get it. I get it. If you're going there on your own, you've, it is normal to feel a little bit anxious and maybe a bit scared that you're mm. going to be going into a room of people, but you do just have to, you do just have to put yourself out there. Yeah, you really do. Yeah. You just got to go up to people and say hello. And what you will find very quickly is that people are incredibly welcoming. Yeah, um, agreed. And I think if you're new, especially if you're new to this industry, the one thing that will surprise you very quickly by going to an event like this is just how bloody lovely everybody is and how much they want to chat and and talk to you yeah you know but but the key is to just make sure that you're open and that you're willing to also bring some conversation you know you you will get just invaluable amounts of information help guidance back if you are prepared to put your you know help or guidance or input into that conversation with people yeah um so it's just yeah you've just got to accept that it's going to be part of the process um but you've just got to make the jump, haven't you? You've just got to jump in. Absolutely. That's yeah. yeah. all um, you can do. And j- just so everyone knows, um, I-, I can't speak for Brighton because I haven't been to Brighton, uh, but in Glasgow, uh, the Citizen M Hotel, there's a bar upstairs. So, so you know, some people will just be at the bar. So go upstairs and there might be a few people at the bar. Morning drinks is perfectly acceptable when you're a creative, creative <laughs> individual. That's where I'll be. Absolutely. <laughs> So but you do it like you know if anybody's if anybody's there and they see me, you just just come up and say hello. And I'm sure you guys are the same, right? Yeah. Mm. Just just come up and say hello. Like obviously when we're at, you know, if we're in a hotel, like sometimes there's that awkwardness around. Are they at the conference? Are they not at the conference? And like, I, it's it's kind of like I also have yeah. to remember. Like, I I get I got people like I actively put my face out there quite a lot in you know in terms of Instagram. So people generally recognize who I am, but I don't tend to recognize everybody else. So you've just mm. got to you've just got to come up and say hello and go, "Hi." Yeah. And then we'll have a chat. Absolutely. Definitely. Absolutely. So when you're not creating content for your YouTube or podcast or whatever, where um like what what sort of content are you consuming for either entertainment or furthering your sort of knowledge? Like on YouTube um, podcast. I mean, I, I would. It's weird, actually. I I wouldn't even say that I'm a big YouTube consumer. Um, it's something that I've kind of started to just sort of. It sucks you in, doesn't it? YouTube. Oh yeah. Like it yeah. really, it really does. Um, <laughs> so, so so I've I've been I have been watching more YouTube and just consuming that as more as an like a a way to be inspired for what I'm trying to do and what I'm trying to create. Yeah. Um. Ooh, who 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 are your go-to watches oh, so on, on YouTube? The only the only the only one that I I literally follow and watch all the time is Top Jaw. Top Top Drawer, Top Jaw J A W. So they are okay. two 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 food bloggers that just go around cities, like do twenty four forty eight hours in, and they just document that food culture and experience and. 
just the production values amazing um it was a guy the, the videographer's a guy called will war who you will may you may have seen him before because he shot a um a trailer for william and kate and their family oh, okay. okay prince prince william and, and kate uh-huh um over like the sand dunes of norfolk or something like that and it was it had massive acclaim when it came out so he's oh, the videographer but yeah top top drawer that uh, is the is the main one that i watch uh-huh. and just really just really inspired by how they produce it um how they film it i just think it's i just think it's brilliant okay. and then yeah. i suppose away from that just been watching uh the last of us working <gasps> through that oh, that's been that's been I'll, pretty good hasn't it have you guys watched that so good it's on my I'll list to it. watch yeah yeah are you can are we you... talk about epi- should we talk about episode three i mean we can't give spoilers away but have you watched episode three of yes the last of us? yes we have watched episode three uh, uh, First of all, have did you play the game at all? No, I didn't know. Okay. No. Do you know it's a game adaptation? I know it's a game, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. That's cool. That's quite an interesting perspective for not having played the game and then watching the show. Yeah. I suppose I've never... Heard, uh, yeah. Did you play the game? I loved the game. I loved, you know, both of the games. Um, but yeah, so, so coming into it, it's quite interesting. The way in which they adapt certain storylines so episode three in particular isn't really something that they covered in the game they hinted at they hinted at the the relationship uh the kind of relationship it was but they did not have any backstory towards it you didn't get to know um i don't want to say characters names yeah you 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 only get to know one half of the yeah uh, okay people so yeah it was really but even even the um even in the the you know the opening sort of 10 15 minutes oh. of the first episode you know when that plane when that plane's coming down it yeah. feels it feels like you are it's it's i don't even know how they do it or mm. i'm not a, i'm not a cinematographer so i don't understand the you know the the complexity of the dynamics of how they've shot that but it, it you genuinely feel like you are in a computer game which i thought was just incredible as a as a viewer um yeah the the way well so when they get into the car and then they're yeah, driving yeah, when that, and yeah, yeah. And the driving and the and the planes coming down behind them and yeah it just it feels like you are immersed in a game yes i mean that that was one of the well, obviously inspirations because it's you know the video of the game but i mean like you know they they didn't they wanted that feeling they they didn't change too much of it so from that perspective when they're driving around that is exactly how it was in the game and it's very yeah. it, it it works so well yeah um yeah. Do you know what scene I really loved? It was, I think it was episode two, when they start talking about where the virus came from. Yes. And it's in Jakarta and, you know, the the university um, yeah. lecturer gets brought into the hall. The tension in that opening yeah. sequence was... I was waiting to be jumped. I was waiting oh. to be jumping out of my chair. <laughs> well, that that's the th- that's the thing. Like, if you think about yeah. all the kind of tropes that we know about zombies and things, and they bite and all that kind of stuff, you're when she goes to examine that mouth hole, you're like, yeah. oh my god, yeah, it's so tense. Even in the even in the opening, even one of the opening scenes where that old woman's in the chair and she's out of focus in the background. <laughs> Yeah, and you're like you can. Do you know the one I mean? Don't you? Yeah, it's, yeah, I know. Yeah. It's like, oh my lord, what is going on here? But yeah. yeah, it's a great, it's a great watch. Really, uh, really inspiring. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's and then out, outside of that, um, what else? I mean, don't know. Like, what what inspires you guys? Like, what do you what do you consume? Well, content wise, do you know what I'm consuming right now? 
is this Sam Hurd hating AI slash Jonah Peterson. Oh my god, that is they're gonna be having a they're gonna be having a they're gonna be having a fight in Dubai, aren't they soon? Pay per view. Honestly, just just reading just the way that Sam writes about it. I actually took a screenshot. Um I'm not very good at reading, but Greg, do you want to read this? Have you actually read this? It's Sam's... I've only seen some... What Sam wrote... People are talking about this. This morning, as I came out of the gym, since you're better at reading than I am. So I've just read this out. Yeah, go for it. AI promptists can't copyright the images they they make. That's why I can't freely post these... That's why I can freely post these images without credit. Okay, that's fine. So yeah, he's, he's sharing people's work... But he's saying that it's not stealing copyright then. Yeah, but that's okay. But it's the way he continues. I could also sell these prints, but I'd rather not pollute anyone's homes with such patheticness. If you disagree with the mindset, then I'd wow. love to live stream unfiltered debate with an AI promptist. So he's not even calling them artists. He's calling them promptists. If anyone wants to do it, <laughs> yeah. DM me. I mean... I mean, just he's, the way um, he writes he's, that he's, is... He's dangled, he's dangled the bait. He's yeah. put the bait out there, hasn't he? Oh, absolutely. Um, absolutely. <laughs> what, side of, what side of the fence are you on? Ooh, I'll let you go first, Greg. I think I think it is art. Like, there's there's the grey area of, yeah, they're, the AI is taking stuff from pre-created art, but that's just... But aren't we all? Yeah, you're just... Ma- you're just repurposing stuff which people have been doing for years in different formats mm-hmm. so interesting it is art i think it de- it definitely is art because it's created a discussion and i firmly believe that that is the inspiration for art it might be more than that i don't know <laughs> um and not having really thought about it or even looked at the processes behind how you create these images um i would think that yes it, it is art it's obviously not a photograph which is interesting so in in um keeping up with sam's uh, comments about the ai i all i also remembered uh, a guy who started up a, a, a an instagram account his name is uh joss avery um so he was doing these black and white portrait images and i'm pretty sure when he started it was to it is it, essentially to lie to people like these are portraits they're my work because people were asking him what cameras he uses and he would say Nikon and all that kind of stuff uh, obviously now if you go to his Instagram it's very clear that he's you know this is AIR and, and stuff like that so it, it, it just it, I mean the, the portraits have a look at his work I mean they're beautiful they've obviously been photoshopped but they're also not photographs but they are very nice images to look at. It does worry me a little bit for photographers, and I'm sure you know this will carry on to video eventually. Um, but yeah, yeah, the what jury's out for me. I'm, uh, it sounds like a cop out, but I'm I'm on the fence. You're on the fence. Um, I'm on the fence. I have moments. I have moments where I'm like, no, it's not art. You just put in words into a computer. That's ridiculous. Mm. Um, and the computer's creating the art. But then I'll kind of go, well, poetry's art, isn't it? You know, that is, <laughs> yeah. that is, you know, have you got, have you got you something are, against poetry? <laughs> no, po- poetry is art. You know, you're ultimately 
selecting words and using a computer to create that. And it's a, the computer is the tool, you know, the, the human is the, the, you know, inputting that data in the same way that I suppose I input data into a camera and the camera kind of creates the image for me. Um, mm. But then you just put in words into a computer and a computer's coming up with it. Like, I don't know. I think this is going to roll on for a little while yet. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's ever going to cut. I, I don't think it'll ever kind of be resolved where everyone yeah. goes, oh yes, no, it is art. It's, that's it. It's, it's confirmed. Yeah. Um, mm. I think there will always be skeptics. There will always be people that champion it and are, mm. are pro it. And I guess yeah, the debate comes divide because, people for quite a while. I guess the debate comes because it's not like the person is com- fully creating the art. Like they're relying on at least 50% of it to be done by a computer. So that's why people are like, mm. well, you didn't make that. Well, possibly, you, possibly you came up with well, the, that you know, the, the computers are The computers are obviously, you know, they, they've been gathering data, haven't they? And, yeah. yeah. You know, learning from other people's art. I think that's the, that's the bit that sticks with me is that the the computer or the 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 AI is ultimately been has ultimately been learning from other people's art and it's regurgitating that through somebody's direction. But as playing devil's devil's advocate, aren't we all doing that? Like we ask people what inspires you in your work. Like I, I, I've watched movies and thought, I'm gonna I'm gonna replicate that shot. Um, and but that sort of yeah, thing. But, yeah, but, that's yeah, but you, you still, you still, you still, you still have to go out and execute that to a certain level, don't you? It's to a degree. I suppose it's like where, where does that, where do you get to that line when you go, okay, no, I've done, I've done enough here to warrant this being my execution, mm. versus not, not stepping into it enough and allowing a computer to go, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll go and do this for you. Yeah. Uh, I suppose, but then mm. is is there is there? Oh, I don't know. It does get quite complicated. It's like, well, why why is it so bad that computers doing it? Our brains are computers; they're doing it. Is it just that computers doing it, and we're calling it our <laughs> art? Is that is that what it is? Because that is that's another arm of the debate, isn't it? It's like if we're prompting the computer with words and stuff and the computer's creating the work it's not our work it's the computer's work so i wouldn't i don't know if i feel comfortable saying this is what i made but then it's just ai so i don't, I don't know it's not it's yeah not so like, if, I, if i put yeah. you on the spot if i if i would say to you is it art or is it not art you can only pick one what is it oh it's art uh, it's art for, for, for sure it's art is it yeah of course of course it's art. It's just a new form of art, though, that still okay. has to find its footing. Yeah. And people have to try and find... Like, if you're trying to pretend that it's completely your work and completely, like, something new, mm-hmm. then it's not. But it's repurposing all that data to create something new. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just like saying, uh, you know, I don't know, anything. Street photography. Street photographers go out into the street and they see stuff and they go, snap but they've had no control over it or in the specific instances where I'm talking about street street photographers who go out into the street and just view the world and take what they want. They're not like changing the world. They're not having really any control over it. 
you know, they're but they're fully in control of when they take when they make that photograph yeah. or take it. So oh, there's so much. They there's so much to it. There's so much <laughs> yeah. to it and throwing, isn't there? And there, and, and there I, is. Yeah. I, I think this this debate will just go. This debate's going to go on and on and on. And yeah. yeah. I, I just don't see how it's going to. I don't see it coming to any kind of conclusion. Yeah. Um, I think maybe you need to get Sam and Jonas on, don't you? For a- <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I I did mention that to Greg. I was like, can we make this happen? Uh, just because I want to see, I want to see the fight. I want to <laughs> see what's going on. You know what I mean? Uh, but yeah, the fact that we're having this debate is the most interesting thing for me. It was like you know when Andy Warhol, he, he didn't start. Did he start pop art? He didn't. He didn't start it. But he was like the big name behind pop art. Like it's a can of beans. Where's the skill in that? The skill wasn't in replicating the can of beans. It was the discussion of, is that art? You know what I mean? Anyway, anyway, I love this discussion, but we should move on. Let's talk about Sam's art. Sam. Yes. We're obviously going to be talking about your talk, uh, but one of the things that I love that you do is something called story behind the shot. So... I have two images of yours that I really liked from your Instagram. The line, the line went a bit fuzzy then when you said something. What, what was it about the shot? Oh, the story behind the shot. Something, story behind the shot. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah something yeah, that you yeah. do, you, you yeah. take one of your images and and you give a little bit of behind the scenes explanation of why you took yeah. it, how you took it, that kind of stuff. So I have two images what? of yours. If you can, you see this. Yeah, I can see. It. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Funny, let me let me ask you guys about this though as well. Yeah. Story behind the shot. So Merla, who works for me as uh, marketing for the podcast, said I shouldn't be using the word "shot" in my YouTube title because it's uh, it's aggressive. Yeah, it's, it's it's referencing maybe it's linked to gun culture. Just recently, I've heard of a photographer that we know have their Instagram blocked for like a day or so because they used that in their caption. Okay, so mm. yeah, I, I hadn't heard about it until recently. So, story behind the photograph, it is. It's gonna have to be story yeah. okay. behind the photograph. Uh, yes, thanks, America. To God, <laughs> <laughs> Simon's just lost most of our audience. <laughs> um, anyway, yes, story, story behind the shot, um, Sam. This was on your Instagram, and to me, it doesn't exactly yeah. scream wedding image. Um, no. you've, so you've been into the archive there, haven't you? <laughs> what's the story? And I actually don't know how old this image is. Um, Twenty. This is twenty eighteen, I think. Okay, so um, it's a little bit. It's Amy, Amy and Tim's wedding. It's and um, it's the pool party the day after. Okay, and and I just I think it was the first year I'd had a drone. And I was like, I'm going to just put the drone up and just see what see what's happening here. That is um, so. Fa- that is what. So I wasn't sure if you're like on top of a diving board, but then I, I looked. At, this is really this is really a, a terrible ang- like where I'm pointing, but it's, uh, it looks like I'm pointing at this guy, the guy's crotch. I'm not. There is a drone shadow here, which answered the question this morning when I looked at it when I hooked up on the the computer because you can't really see the drone shadow when you're no. on Instagram. Um, so that's oh, cool. No, so, you back. I'm back. Did I go? <laughs> You're back. I lost you. For, I lost you for ten seconds. There's there's a drone. Yes. There's a drone shadow. So so there's a drone shadow over the guest crotch. Um, d- were you? D- did you think? Oh, this is kind of dangerous. Or or were you like? Oh, it's okay. Do you worry about licensing with drones? And I'm, these are just questions that are coming off my head. They might not. Make yeah, sense. no, that's fine. Yeah, no, it's um, uh, you know it's a question we you know get asked quite get asked quite a lot. Um, I. 
I mean, the, the rules have changed, haven't they, of, of late? Obviously, depending on a certain, under a certain weight, you mm. don't need a license, do you? Yes. Um, obviously, in, in 2018, yes, I probably would have needed a license for this, but the only ground rules I had was that you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't have done it in the UK. Um, oh. This is, you know, a very remote part of, of France. Um, and I would have taken that, taken a few frames and brought it out of the way. You know, I suppose if yeah. you exercise a little bit of common sense and caution oh. um yeah oh and, and, and i'm maybe some and i'm not here risk to you take isn't I, it i'm not here to out you by the way i just this is pure for a conversation because no, no, yeah sometimes when we if be the talking, authorities if the authorities come for me we'll, we've we've got a problem but um <laughs> they haven't so i think we're okay at the moment it's okay they'll, yeah. they'll um, probably take greg first it's fine um so yeah what what made you take this shot i don't I, do you know what i don't know really i think this is I could say that about most most images I think it is just trusting in trusting in the process and uh, so so often you know I, when I'm at a wedding I don't really th- overthink whether something's going to work or not mm. I, I I tend to have a much more of an approach of well I'm just going to take it and see take it and see take yeah. it and see okay and it's just repeat repeat that process over and I my approach to a wedding day really is the more I repeat that process in a day the more I'm going to come away with that's going to be like, okay, that's great. That's great. Yeah. You know, and then the, and then the art just becomes in identifying which ones are particularly great. You know, mm. there are plenty of shots that I come back from a wedding that you are, you will never see. Like yeah. they're just lovely. They're <laughs> yeah. nice photos. They're nice photos. They're nice images. Like for me, like that baseline of stand that, that standard baseline of quality is always there, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but there will be lots of things that are just normal and that's fine. Yeah. But then sometimes you take a shot like that one and you're like, oh, that's a little bit different. That's got my interest. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just being able to kind of identify those ones maybe maybe in post. Yeah. Would you... You know what? No, I was I was going to ask another AI Imagine. Go for it. Do you, do you work in AI uh, Imagine? That's one. Imagine AI? Imagine, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I've used it a little bit. I have mixed results. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. not not because of, not because like, i can i can see the massive benefit of it i think it's incredibly powerful and, and i think it's certainly got its place mm. um i just find myself going back through and making little tweaks and being like oh i'm just gonna it's not quite right i'm just gonna yeah. just yeah adjust that and then i'm at the point where i'm like oh i've just so hold on a second so i've just paid whatever 50 60 70 quid to have this <laughs> edited yeah. and then i'm going back through it again and spending four hours making tweaks i'm like i might as well just make the tweaks on from from the get-go yeah yeah um mm-hmm. i think it depends where you're at as a photographer as well i think a little bit if you're mm. i think ai for me particularly imaging and i think it's great i think it's incredibly powerful um if you're maybe shooting like a you know v- more volume weddings and you just mm-hmm. need to turn them around i think it's i think it's huge and yeah. really yeah. powerful for you and now, um, and now obviously you've got the uh is it narrative that it calls for you because I am yeah. looking at an image like this and I'm wondering, would it, would it know to pick that image? And that's yeah, where that, I'm thinking it probably wouldn't. Yeah. Or and I, just... I can think, I can think of, you know, probably half a dozen examples in my head straight away that I'm like that an AI culling software would never have chosen that image. Yeah. yeah. It just, it just wouldn't. There's, mm-hmm. you know, I've got one of a, I've got one of a bride on the dance floor, smiling, happy, like end of the night and she's a little bit out of focus and I but but ah. that's also what I love about the image yep. yeah and I'm like would it 
would it have just skimmed over that because it was not sharp? And I'm mm. like, yeah, I think it would have done. Yeah. But and and this is where this is where like AI for me falls down is that it isn't able to impart that creative license that we impart as photographers and creatives yeah. on a day to day, minute to minute, out whenever it is, mm. you know, the case. It it's always going to fall short on that. Yeah. Um that's not to say it's it doesn't have its place and its purpose. Um I I haven't tried AI culling because it I suppose like the editing, I would just spend my time going, ah, oh, but what's it missed? Yeah. Yes. And I'm that, just gonna yeah, go just... back in and check. <laughs> yeah. And then before you know it, you know, a day's gone by and you've you've gone like, oh, well, I've paid for it to cull. Yeah. And now I'm just now I'm just culling again. So yeah. Mm. Yeah, I've had a I've I I've got a mate that I go running with who's a wedding photographer and we've talked about it a few times on our mm. runs and like we're both of the same viewpoint of like we're just I can't ever see myself going there with AI culling because mm. because of that alone that yeah. is it um mm-hmm. yeah. I can see it being great for family photos like if you want to get through the family photos and like you just want to make sure everyone's got their eyes open great that is, but it's yeah. those it's those little shots it might be you might only get two or three of them every wedding you might only get one of them in a wedding but if that one image is a standout image for you as a creative. Mm-hmm. And that's like, I think of some of the images that I've posted that I almost didn't think were going to be great, but have like just catapulted my business in some kind of way or got people like that shot, for example, like, right. It stops people in their yeah. tracks. Yeah. People's people that are scrolling go, Oh God. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. That's, that's made me stop. And yeah. if you're just producing or putting out that work, that's always perfect. And it's always been, you know, the AI's called it, the AI's edited it. it mm. Is it going to stop people in their tracks? Is it going to yeah. get their attention? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, it's funny because um, going, uh, I just had to go on your Instagram again. You like to use motion and a lot of photographers, yeah. do, like some of my favorite photographers use motion and not not just for the dance floor, you know, flash, shoot the camera, get some cool light strobes. But I'm talking about like, you know, the bride just standing there or, you know, the bride and groom doing something and they've just shake, like just, it just yeah. adds it adds something. Yeah. Obviously, now that you can get filters that are adding the blur, which I find absolutely hilarious. One of our colleagues posted something, and um, it was like five years ago, and and the bride posted one of her images again, uh, but they had a filter where it blurred it. A perfectly lovely, oh, okay. crisp image, just with the motion blur added. I was like, yeah, oh, interesting. How times have changed. Trends are yeah, kind I of do, cool I do. I do. I mean, I think. I think. There's always going to be there's always going to be trends, aren't there? You know, oh, we yeah. could. Will there come a day when we look look back and talk about Dutch tilt as being like, oh, I'm going to do a I'm going to do a Dutch <laughs> tilt shot or a spot colour? <laughs> you know, is yeah, that yeah. is it? Oh. It's hard to imagine, isn't it? But fucking- you know, I think there's always a place for it, and I think this is where, as a creative, like that's that's ultimately part of your job, isn't it? Is to be yeah. able to interpret it and to make that informed decision of no, this speaks to me. Mm. I, I like this. I connect with it. Yeah. Um, personally, I I love a bit of motion in weddings. Sometimes, sometimes it's an accidental motion. Like I've literally just got mm-hmm. my settings wrong, awesome. and it's like an accident. It's an accidental fluke. Um, mm-hmm. But sometimes they can work out really well. Sometimes it is really intentional. Like it might just be like, look, I've got some great frames here. I'm going to just slow the shutter down. Let's just try something a bit different. And see what mm-hmm. happens. Yeah. That's you know. And uh, yeah, yeah, thank you for admitting that because I'm assuming that some photographers wouldn't admit it and they would just be like, oh yes, I was thinking it needed some, some movement. So I, so I added it. Yeah. You know, I don't like, I'm just, I'm a photographer. I'm not, you know, like a, 
I just remember your place at the end of the day, you know. Yeah. 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 Uh, we've actually got another image, uh, Sam. Yeah, let's go for it. Greg, wheek it up. That's uh, Scottish for... Oh, the tension. Uh, oh, oh the, 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 there we go. So, so I... The, yeah, this is the wedding that me and Igor were at. Well, Igor was at... Oh, oh really? But we were... Yeah. Oh, that was, that was the wedding I was at. So... Uh, oh God, fucking sorry, audio listeners. Uh, this is terrible. Um, <laughs> but if you're interested in having a look at these, um, uh, you can go to Sam's Instagram. The first one was of a pool party. That's very obvious on his Instagram. And then uh, this one is a long corridor with a bridge and a couple yep. on a bridge. And it, Sam, you a, are. It's a fort. A fo- so oh, it's, it's a, a fort. fort. It's a fort in Mallorca. It's called Capricat. Okay. Um, it's absolutely stunning, and that is just a that's just off to the side as you kind of walk into the into the building. Yeah, and, right. Okay. Um, and it was just something that you know, like when I describe it, oh, it's a bridge shot and a couple are on it. <laughs> like the cliched image in my head is pretty embarrassing. Yeah. Um, but this is a this is a little bit different. This mm. is a bit different, and. It just got my attention when I walked past it. I was like, "Oh, I could, I might just get them up there later on at some point." And yeah, yeah. So it's just, it, again, it's it's the minimalism of it that I that, that I was drawn to. You know, it's yes, just, it's like it's a you know, it's just it's trying, trying to create those images that maybe just sort of stop people in their tracks a little bit mm-hmm. and make them go, "Oh, yeah, I've not seen it, not seen that before." Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the practicalities of pulling a shot like this off because you seem quite far away. Yeah, I'm, I'm um, on the one. I'm on a one three five there. Yes, I was going to say it's certainly eighty five plus. So your one three five is is spawn. So when you had this idea, did you just say to the couple, "Hey guys, go up there and dance, and I'm going to run down freaking mile away, and I'll shout yeah. to you when How to go far away." Am I? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I could. I could just about shout to them from where I was. And, okay. Um, you know, we had to walk through different, like once we separated, it was like a couple of minutes before we both got into position. And I just said to them, look, I want you to go and stand up in the middle, um, and just be comfortable doing whatever you guys want to do. You know, if that means you want to have a dance, if it means you want to just stand there in a hook and there are loads of shots. We, they were there for probably three or four minutes. So there are photos of them there, like having a kiss. There's Mm -hmm. photos of them there having a hug. There's photos of them there having a dance. And again, it's like, okay, well, let's just work that scene. Mm -hmm. Let's get whatever we can out of it. And then again the art is in culling it and being able to identify which of those sequence are the ones that really stand out and that was just that just happened to be the one um mm-hmm. yeah yeah i mean i love it i think it's great the negative space i mean it was yeah the negative the, space that the walls are creating on the side yeah, yeah creating yeah. this uh kind of v-shape is wonderful yeah the, the the one thing that people won't know about that maybe i'll maybe i'll do a youtube on on this one as well is actually that the the raw file there's a lot of mess in that kind of um, there's like a there's like a fence. There's loads of like green foliage. Uh, no, the, uh, like on the water. Oh, in the water. So in that yeah. space, in that in that space there, it's really messy. And that was just like, I don't do a huge amount of photoshopping. Like I don't tend to adjust images. But all it acted was is like a, it just acts as a as a distraction to the image. Uh-huh. So you know, I was I I actually spent quite a bit of time, probably yeah, probably like 15, 20 minutes tidying up that particular image just uh-huh. to make it really clean and really kind of like let the you know the focus be the couple and not that kind of jarring yeah. element of scrappy leaves and twigs and branches <laughs> coming in from the side of the, the side of the fort yeah. yeah so you've obviously got like i would i would take call this like a hero image that you post on your instagram you know you're going to put that extra yeah. work into taking some stuff out of the background 
But what generally throughout a wedding day, what are you sort of looking for from your photography? Are you looking for emotion, light? What what's important for you when you're creating an image? I mean, I mean, both of those things. Um, I think at the absolute, I think at the absolute core of what I do, it's always around people. Mm-hmm. You know, um, people, um, atmosphere, light, moments, emotion, all of the, all of that really. But people are at the absolute core of it and the center of it. Um, I kind of describe my work to, or to 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 the couples that I speak to that that are looking at what I do. I always kind of try and describe it to them that I, I want them to feel when I send them a gallery of images like to a, to a wedding gallery that when they look at those images, they feel like they were there and at that wedding, even though they weren't at that wedding. Like I want them to feel like they're part of the scene and they're in it and it's immersive and they can, they can feel what it was like to be in the room, to mm. be in that space. Yeah. Um, and, and that, that comes through a, a, a variety of ways, you know, it's like it's being able to read the space and read the room and to, to be able to engage with people, to be in incredibly close proximity to people. I think that's the thing that I think a lot of, a lot of photographers struggle with is that, that like invisible barrier, isn't there of, <laughs> oh shit, like, oh, I don't know, should I step in? I don't, oh, I don't know. I'm like, I just step in. I don't really give a shit. It's like, I'll just move in and take a shot and then move out. Like if you're quick and efficient with your process of, executing a frame like they should they won't even know or think about you that i think photographers think too much that there's everyone's watching them yeah and they're not mm. they're they're looking at the couple and they're looking at that like just move in quickly to get the shot and move out you know yeah, um absolutely there is i mean if you want to worry about someone walk, watching you it's the video person <laughs> always watching <laughs> yeah uh, uh you know I, I want to ask. So you, you obviously do a lot of um, destination work. Uh, you do shoots around the UK. What yep. what is that you personally want to get out of photography? What is it you want to get out of specifically wedding photography? Yeah, that makes you want what to continue want to get out wedding photography. Yeah. Um, so I suppose over the last sort of four or five years, my my focus has been how do I carry on doing wedding photography, but not every weekend. How do I kind of get to the point where I can charge more so I can shoot less? And that, that all comes back to like just wanting a bit more balance. And, you know, I've got two young kids and, and, and like I want to be able to spend time at home with those guys. And um, that's, that's really been a focus over the last four or five years. But I don't see myself stepping away from shooting weddings because there's just that absolute buzz and adrenaline that I get from that process yeah um you know i think what i love about weddings is just like the unpredictability of them like, yeah. i remember going to those first few being like a bit terrified <laughs> thinking oh shit this is this like i remember the first one i went to almost ringing a friend who wasn't really much of a friend it was like just some guy that i knew for a few months that was doing wedding photography and i phoned him to say can you can you cover me i don't feel very well and i'm like now i go to weddings i'm like right where are we guys what's happening okay great yeah brilliant okay let's go <laughs> I did, you know, I did the and, same. And almost just absolutely trusting in that process of like, okay, I'm here. I know how to take a photo. I know what to do. I'm not going to have any preconceived ideas of I need to get this shot and I need to get that shot. I'm just going to sit myself down in the roller coaster and I'm just going to move and I'm just going to let it take me. And the photos will be what the photos will be, you know? Yeah. But all you can do as a photographer 
is make sure that when you turn up to that wedding, you give 100% of your time and attention and your focus. Mm-hmm. And like, even if the photos, even if I came away from a wedding and I, I didn't have those hero images, you know, I would still like to think that that body of work reflects the couple's day. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that go with the flow attitude is definitely something that comes with time. Like if there's newcomers, yeah, if there's yeah. newcomers listening to this and they're like, oh my God, I'm still panicking about every wedding day. Like over time, like 11 years, we've been 11, 12 years as well. So oh, yeah. Yeah. Same. that sort of sit back and go with the flow and it'll, you'll be able, the confidence of knowing that you'll be able to create good images for this couple comes with time. Like it will yeah. come eventually. Totally. I mean, you never, you never should lose sight of that. Um, I suppose it's like a little bit of pressure. Like I, I yeah. never get, you know, there's, you're always walking that fine line, aren't you, between confidence and arrogance. Like, <laughs> I would never go, I would never go to a wedding and go, yeah, I know what I'm doing here. I'm just going to like, well, I'm just going to rock up and do it. It's not yeah. a problem. Yeah. You know, I always want to make sure that I'm, I'm going to deliver for my couples. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose the point we're talking about is just understanding like that, you know, that, that process of creation, isn't it? And mm-hmm. um, I think when you, when you put yourself in a place of going, I need to get this, this, and this, like, that's it. If I don't get that, then I'm going to be in trouble. Like all you're doing is closing those sort of doors to potential images that would have just been part of that process that you would have naturally navigated to had it, had you just let it take you. Yeah. Um, and that's hard. It's hard to do when you're starting out because it, it kind of goes against everything that people probably want to tell you, <laughs> you know, which is like, you need yeah. to get these shots. You need to get these shots and these shots. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to get those anyway because that's just part of the day, isn't it? It's like, yeah. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm going to get the couple kissing after the ceremony because that's just going to be part of the day anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a funny process, isn't it? You know, obviously we sit here with hindsight knowing you know, that, you know, between us almost 30 years experience then really that actually just being, I think the biggest thing is just being present. Yes. Being present, being, being observed, being observant. Um, and also just kind of like being open to engage with people, Mm. you know, agreed. I love, I I love, I love engaging with people, by the way. I love it. I love the banter at a wedding. It's so much fun. Yeah. Like once you open yourself up to it and you're like, Oh, you're at a party for God's sake. You know what I mean? Yep. Like at the very, like pull everything back. You are yep. working at a party. That's fucking awesome. Fucking yeah. Yes. <laughs> if you can't, if you can't enjoy that, something's wrong, but it's also, <laughs> you know, it's also an incredibly powerful marketing tool. Yes. You know, like mm-hmm. if yeah. you, if you can, if you can turn up to a wedding and you can deliver like a really high standard and quality of work and product and then combine that with, being a nice person, mm. being an engaging, likable person at a wedding, you put those two together, like people are like, oh yeah, I remember Sam. He was great. You should book Sam. Yeah. Yes. You know, like uh-huh. that's, that's people buy into people, don't they? And it, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what trade you're in, what industry you're in, that always applies. You know, it's the same for builders and electricians. Yeah, I agree. You know, it's the same for when you go into a shop and you get a really personal level of service and mm-hmm. it doesn't matter people remember like you know that that customer experience yeah and and the, and the two go both but the, the two go hand in hand you have to be able to kind of back up your likability with a, a top end high quality level of product mm. but if you're also delivering a high level quality product and you're a complete knob 
you know, <laughs> you, you're not going to get work. I'm sure yeah. that like is... eventually, eventually you will be found out. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I do wonder if if that is a technique that someone's used because I mean, like film directors have been, you know, known for there being shit to crew and and cast and um, no one in particular i'm not like name calling out anyone uh but you know like there's kind of like that stereotype of a shouty person to get what they want but it's okay because like they are the gods of their craft type thing you don't yeah do we, yeah, do we not do we think times have changed i mean oh times times have changed times you have, can't do times that have definitely changed you oh, can't do that anymore sure for no. sure for yeah. sure yeah um sam who do you shoot for do you shoot for yourself or do you shoot for your clients um and there's no right or wrong it's okay no i mean i i, I genuinely i genuinely this isn't me sitting on the fence i genuinely think it's a bit of both and i think it should be a bit of both mm. um you know like at the end of the day my clients are paying me like they're paying me to do a job and there's a level of expectation there mm-hmm. but but i but i also genuinely believe that part of the reason they're paying me is because they trust me and they trust my interpretation and they trust me to produce and and i i produce at weddings and like the work that i create but is born out of what i'm what i connect with and what i'm inspired by it's you know it's it's my vessel of creativity and you always do that for yourself don't you really yeah but now i'm now you just get paid to do it by someone so you yeah it's hopefully i I, yeah i think it's a really i think it's an almost impossible question to answer really yeah um i i i couldn't say i couldn't say that i shoot just for myself because i'm like no the clients are paying me and i couldn't just say well i'm i'm shooting just for my clients because there's always an element of like no but i I'm shooting for like this is my this is my process mm-hmm. like this is what I I'm drawn to and what I connect with and that's born out of my interests and my passion <laughs> so I'm doing it for me as well hell yeah yeah I think that's a fair answer and it's this is a question that Simon's introduced to all the speakers <laughs> for Thrive and it's been a sort of recurring topic majority of people have been it's a bit of both really yeah so, yeah, it, 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 yeah it's, it's interesting to see the difference how newer people answer the question compared to people who have been in it for a few years. What are the, the difference is? So, the, so the 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 main the main thing is if someone is portfolio building, and if they're portfolio building, they're thinking business first. They're thinking I got to get the shot. So yeah. there's a wee bit more of a skew towards shooting for themselves. Yeah. Um, think about that portfolio they get excited when um, they go to a new venue that they really wanted to shoot at so they kind of they up their game a little bit more Um, Mm. yeah and and if I think about the the, what I just said like up in my game if I was to up my game at a wedding I don't know if actually I would change anything about myself because I'm always like on top form you know like when it comes to like you, you putting the energy yeah. yeah but i think i was i think i would naturally always put in the energy anyway so um and i i think as wedding photographers and filmmakers i think we would all do that but anyway uh yeah a little bit of a brain fart there uh do you know what happens if you do have a brain fart at a wedding you can use your insurance so this is a little segue into the insurance ad hey i'm ashley from with jack 
I'm one of the sponsors of the Perspective podcast. With Jack helps to keep photographers in business by supporting them financially and legally if they have problems with a client or they make a mistake in their work. We've all had that fear of our CF card or our hard drive failing and losing important photos. You can find out more at withjack.co.uk. Head over there and find out how we can help you be a confident creative. Also, if you want more perspective, you can follow us at YouTube at youtube.com forward slash at perspective by Cinemate. Hit that subscribe button and get more episodes. Uh, yes. Also, let's move on. Also, let's move on. <laughs> I'm losing my mind. Um, Sam, you're... Is that, a beer? is that a beer on your table, by the way? Have you got a beer? Non-alcoholic oh, beer. What a, what a oh, great... is it? You yeah. reminded me. You reminded me. Day, yeah. Days Lager. Days. We met, met Days. the owners or founders at a wedding up yeah. in Aberdeen, yeah. sir. And it's actually pretty good. Like, I don't drink non-alcoholic beer much at all, but mm. we stocked up the fridge and the studios for everybody to drink, and it's pretty good. Mm. Brilliant. Uh, yeah, it's lovely. Uh, do you know, I, I was... So you get non-alcoholic beers that are like... 0.5 and everyone gets really uppity about the 0.5 and they always think oh it's not alcohol free is it because there's some alcohol in it um the and that what brought me onto that was the fact that this has 0.0 percent yeah. and like no alcohol whatsoever however i don't know why people get uppity about the 0.5 percent because a fucking banana has 0.5 percent alcohol in it <laughs> you know what i mean no it no it doesn't uh, that is apparently tr- you know what I've not googled that. you know what I should pro- I should probably no, is, this some, can't, is this something you that, saw on TikTok that, <laughs> that can't that can't be right I think it might be hang on should we google it Let, let's just get on to the like, talk at Thrive yeah. <laughs> who who told you that I that I mean if it is we are I'm just absolutely maybe if you've, shocked maybe if you've left the banana for like three weeks it's got a bit fermented and then it's alcohol. That, that, that was my thought. That was my thought. Maybe not fresh off the tree. Okay. Uh, our ripe, ripe bananas um, can contain up to 0.5 grams of alcohol per 100 grams. So uh, th- I suppose it's not... Well, I see, this is... I'm not very good with my percentages or math. Maths or English, clearly. But yeah, I, I, according to, to, to Google, it's minimal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Yes. Uh, you're n- basically, you're not getting drunk off bananas. No. <laughs> no. It's not happening. No. I, I don't know if the percentages work out in, in that or if I just butchered that fact altogether. Um, but it's quite interesting. There is alcohol to a degree in anything that's fermented, right? God, that's another thing I just made up. Sounds right, though. <laughs> yeah, nobody's... <laughs> Thank you for being with us. Oh, <laughs> right. Next que- Next question. <laughs> Well, where were we going? God, if people wanted a proper podcast, they should really listen to another idea. Am I right? <laughs> oh, God. Uh, <laughs> Sam, uh, your talk is titled From Burnout to Balance, which, you know, burnout is, I think, something that creative people often struggle through. And I feel like since you have written From Burnout to Balance, I kind of get the feeling that you have gone through this journey yourself. So... If you have, because I'm assuming that is the case, if you have, what has your journey been throughout? Um, without giving my entire talk. Um, 
Well, we'll just. Oh yeah. So oh, that's a good. <laughs> yeah. point. I didn't think broad strokes. Yeah. Broad yeah. strokes. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Um, we've got a few questions, but and they might touch upon your so, talk. So 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 I, I think. I think for me, I think if I compare where I was maybe six, seven years ago to let's say even like last summer, you know, if I I would remember very vividly going into weddings in mid-September and being absolutely shattered, like just, just done, like fed up, not really, not really want having to be there, but not really wanting to be there. Um, Compared to last summer, I remember having pretty much the entire August off. My first wedding back, I think, was the last weekend of the of August. And I remember going to that wedding and being like, right, let's go. Let, like, let's go. Like, I'm buzzing here. I'm ready. Absolutely ready. And I remember, I could remember being at that wedding going, God, like seven, eight, seven years ago, I used to hate this time of the year because I'd be, I'd have, I'd have, I'd be done. Mm, yeah. You know? So I can remember my first year doing 60, 60 or so weddings in a year. And it's like every, if I look back at my diary, it's like it's every weekend, yeah. every shit. weekend yes. from like April through till November. Oh, and there was just no break. Sounds, Whereas now awful. it's, you know, mm. I, I, the, the benefit of it the, or the huge benefit of it is that I'm just able to give so much more to my couples. That's, and that's really, that's, that's the main purpose of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I just don't ever want to be in that place again where I'm going to weddings yeah, you know, I still did my job. I still turned up, still worked hard, but I never want to go to a wedding again and feel like I don't really want to be there. Yeah. So talking yeah. talking about the numbers then, how many bookings are you aiming for in 2023? Like what's your target bookings and how have you got to that number? Like what makes you think um, that's your- So I'm at, I think this year I'm doing about, I think it's like low 20s, I think 21, 22. Um mm-hmm. But again, they're really well spaced out. I've got plenty of breaks. I think I've, you know, I've got most of August off again, which is great. Um, and then for next, the plan really is for 2024. Really, is that is to get that under 20, um, yeah. and still still be able to turn over what is a you know a, a really solid wage for you know the same amount of weddings that I, I I was earning when I was shooting 55, 60. Yeah. Um, well, let's let's talk about that a little bit. So, what what do you offer your couples now? Uh, what prices, if you're okay with divulging that information? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Um, yeah, yeah. So let's start with that. Price. So, um, so so the current the current pricing is um, five thousand pounds for full day coverage, um, and for internationals that that rises a little bit more to to, to be more like six thousand. Um, and and my approach has been the same yeah, from day one. Really, it's always been about like the entirety of the day. Um, I know that's not for everybody. And that's also partly why I was so knackered was because I would struggle to leave the dance floor. Yeah. I really struggled. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I just don't like it because I, I, I know that things will be happening and that I'm going to miss it. And, mm. you know, my, yeah, I generally leave weddings at like the last song. Yeah. Once the last song's done and people have like had that like hug, it's over. I'm, t- I'm like, right. Okay, guys, I'm, I'm heading off. Mm. Um, which is often like 12, one. Yeah. If it's abroad, it, sometimes it could be two, two thirty in the morning. Yeah. Um, so by, by just kind of, uh, it's one of those things, isn't it? Like you, you can only shoot that level of weddings, like that, that volume of weddings. If you, char- I think it's the key is just charging correctly for it, you know, and understanding how you get to that, that point. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and and obviously we're in an industry where people book you quite a long way out so it's not like you can just make the changes and then and then reap the rewards you know it was it was 20 it was 2015 um when our son was born buddy and i was just like i don't want to keep doing this every weekend yeah you know it wasn't that it wasn't and i I have to be careful when i say that i'm not saying that from a place of i don't want to do weddings like i do i love weddings i just don't want to do them every single friday saturday like Mm. i want to have a life and a time and a bit of time yeah um and when buddy arrived in that september of 2015 i i just made this very conscious decision to say right bye by 2020, I want to be down to like 20, 22 weddings a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and had it not been for COVID, I think 2020 was 22 weddings at the same same level of turnover as 2013 when I shot maybe 60, 62 weddings. Yeah. Um, so I don't know what your question was. I feel like I went off on a little bit of a no, no, tangent no. there, but you, you feel free to bring me back on. No, no, no. You're, the- fi- you're fine. You're fine. I, I was just going to follow up on that. Um, when you said you sometimes leave, you know, super late at the, the end of the last song, we have on occasion done that. How do you feel about photographers who, I don't want to like, I'm going to word this in a way that might seem like offensive to photographers that charge hourly. I'm not sure. Apologies if I do. I just, I just have trouble thinking about other words to word this, but how do you feel about photographers who charge hourly and then, once their time finishes, even if it's like, you know, they've maybe shot one song and it's during the first dance and they just go and they're off and away. How do you feel about it not them? Say, it doesn't, maybe their approach. The approach the approach. How do you feel about the approach? Not the photographers. Yeah. Well, I think when you've when you've shot more than, you know, um like two weddings, you very quickly realise that uh that like timings don't always go to plan on a wedding day. Mm. Um, so I think the key for me is like, there's nothing wrong with charging by the hour and there's nothing wrong with saying these are my working hours outside of that. There will be extra. I, I think the problem that you've, the, the, the issue or the, the scenario that you've painted there about leaving like one song into the first dance comes down to really just not communicating with the client, mm. what coverage they need in the first place. Yeah. You know, cool. If a client's saying to you, oh, our first dance is going to be at half seven, you know, you need to be saying to them, all right, well, you need to book me up until half eight, really. Uh-huh. At least, you know, yeah. yeah. At, least, yeah. <laughs> at, at the very least, because it's going to fall back. It happens every time. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And then it's, you know, like, what, if you go 10 minutes over, is it really going to, I think you have to weigh up, um, you have to weigh up the impact of that decision to leave at the point that you are. If like, really what's the harm in staying another 10 minutes and just doing a little bit extra, like the, yeah. the benefit of that to your business far outweighs those 10 minutes for me. Yeah. percent. Um, so, and we take the same approach, uh, because you know, the, the way, the way that we kind of word it to couples is because they will ask, Oh, when do we get you? Um, we say we are there to make an awesome film when we have made an awesome film that only then will we leave mm. well when we have the content so, to sorry. make it <laughs> sorry yeah i'm not editing during the night well sometimes i am uh, so yeah it's yeah. like if we feel we need more dance footage or we feel we need more evening footage we're going to stay around yeah so there's no strict time limit or whatever yeah. so sometimes that's like okay four songs in it's been jumping we've got plenty 
Yeah. Let's let's just head. Other times it's like, uh, no, there's more happening. There's going to be fireworks. Let's mm-hmm. stay and get them. Yeah. So it's it's pretty flexible. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, even- I'm, I'm never I'm never one to tell people like this is how you need to charge. Like it's. A, I always think that's a very. I always think it's a very personal decision to any business. Yeah. Um, all I would say is like just have a little bit of flexibility yeah. and just a bit of yeah. Obviously, at the same time, like the, the other flip side of the coin is don't let a couple take the Mickey out of you. You know, some couples will like say, "Oh, we only need you for six hours." Oh, but what we'll do is we'll get eight hours out of them. Because, <laughs> you know, like yeah. you know, have a little bit of contingency in there. Like yeah. I would, I would think if you're booking, you know, if you're working to the hour, you know. I would say, well, get there half an hour before you start anyway, and then just stay half an hour later. And if it goes beyond that, then you just have to communicate to the couple and say, look, guys, you know, you've booked me for this time. It's now like you're going to need to do your first dance soon because I, I can't stay all night. Yeah, and 100%. Yeah. yeah. I, I've always found that like that, that conversation for me terrifies the hell out of me. So I'm just like, I'm here all night. <laughs> just, there you go. But, yeah. but, the, but the difference for me is that I charge for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. that's the difference like yeah. you've got to charge for it well hang on sam you don't want to leave the dance floor you're there all night Shab, you just want to party i know you've got the dance moves <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's just yeah it is it's, it's just it's it's the idea that i'm gonna miss something pretty epic yeah uh, like that's that's yeah. the fear for me yeah. like the idea that i've left the wedding and gone and then someone like saw the following day that it absolutely kicked off and <laughs> yeah. oh. often people go well what do you do what do you do on the dance floor when it's like nothing happening i'm like i'll oh, just wait yeah. just wait you know if nothing's happening nothing's happening but <laughs> often more often than not you you guys will know because you've been to enough weddings like sometimes the dance floor is quiet mm-hmm. maybe it takes oh, yeah. till the last hour when people go oh shit there's an hour to go all oh, right let's go and dance then and then it goes off and it's mad yeah mm-hmm. so yeah yeah i will always remember that time we were shooting in italy and we, I mean, it was late when we left. It was late, but the party ended up in the the pool underneath. Oh, okay. And I was like, motherfucker, I would have loved to have brought my camera <laughs> and gotten some like wild jumping into a pool kind of shot. People just drunk, wet, soaking, like that's how you need to end a wedding. I was so sad I missed that potential. <laughs> yeah, but the, it's always yeah. on my brain. You remember it. Yeah, you I, remember I will. It, yeah. Yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Obviously, we asked you what you charge now. What did you charge when you were shooting the 60 weddings that you were shooting in? I mean, for a long time, it was like 12, 1,500 quid. Okay. Um, which, you know, again, I'm uh, even as a, an, an educator now, I never say to somebody that that's, that's still a lot of money. Yeah. You know, it's still a good, it's still, if you can make it work, it's still really good. Uh-huh. Um, but again, it was always, it was always, it always came back to this idea that I just didn't want to do every weekend. And the only way that yeah. I could do that was by increasing prices. Yeah. And, you know, there's lots of things that I'd talk to, a, you know, um, students when I, when I mentioned them about pricing, but like the biggest one is that, um, you know, not everyone's, not everyone can afford you and that's fine. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, we, you know, it's a, it's a really strange mindset to have, isn't it? Like that you know, you're going to turn work away. Like you will. I always had this fear when I was increasing my prices. I always used to think back to previous couples and be like, well, they've, they were amazing. I had an, that was a brilliant wedding and it was 1200 pounds. Why is, why no one's going to spend two grand on me now. Although that couple couldn't have afforded me at two grand. Mm-hmm. But what happens is there are, it's just a new door opens up that people have got that money. 
and yeah. they are going to spend it. Yeah. And then you get to three, you know, I was at three and a half for quite a long time. I was like, oh, I can't charge any more than this. Like no one's going to want to book me. Like this is, I'm surely, I've surely peaked here. And then I think as a, I think as a, a byproduct of COVID was like, I put my prices up before the COVID stuff got lifted because I could kind of sense that there was going to be this mad rush and that people were going to want these days more than they wanted them maybe a year or two before. And yeah, you know, you do, you put your prices up, you spend a few weeks going, Oh shit, no one's, <laughs> yeah. no one's booking. And then, and then all of a sudden someone books and they just book effortlessly and it's like, yeah, great. Okay. Sorted. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. And then you're like, awesome. okay, right. Yeah. People will spend that. Yeah. And, you know, there's often this talk in the industry around like, you know, you want to appeal to try and like appeal to yourself. Like you are your target client. I'm like, well, I kind of am, but I'm also not. I'm, I want me, but me that's wealthier. That's yeah. really what <laughs> yes. I want. Yes, that's how I feel. You know, yeah. and, and there are, it's like you have to separate, you have to separate yourself a little bit and realize that there are people out there that have got just incredible levels of wealth. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And there are people that will value what you do and they'll push all of their budget into you to get you and there'll be some people that will just like oh whatever just pay it it's fine not a problem yeah yeah, yeah. Like, don't ever i try not to I, I never judge people like never assume that you think you know what people have kind of got or what they're willing to spend uh-huh um you know uh, have you come across um any photographers who they're kind of not motto or their thought process is oh anyone should be able to afford you so you should be reachable, obtainable for those for everyone who wants you. And they almost they almost make it a moral thing that you should be charging this because it's not moral to charge more. Do you, have you ever thought about that before? or anything like that. And I'm asking because I always find it interesting when people bring morality into business. Not 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 for like, there's nothing wrong with that. Okay. So, right? so you're so you're so you're saying so what you're saying is it's immoral and you're not saying this, people I'm not are, you're it. hearing this. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So you're so people are saying it's immoral to charge what you what we charge. Yes. Because okay. everyone but, should but you could deserve. Apply, you could you could apply that to any business and any industry. Yeah, that's like you know, yeah. that's like saying why would you go and buy, you know, um, a, a Range Rover when you can just go and buy a Kia Sportage? Yeah, like, what? <laughs> you're trying. Yeah, you know, it's like I, I, it makes it makes no it makes no sense to me. And, yeah, and I, here's the thing: like you're never going to please everybody. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to, you know, I'm only trying to, I'm only trying to please and appeal to the people that have got the money that, that want to spend, they want to spend on me and they want to book me. Yeah. That's it. Sam, I just want to make it absolutely clear. That was no judgment on your work <laughs> because you charge 5,000 pounds or whatever. Absolutely yep. no judgment. I just, I just really like that conversation. No, 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 okay. I wasn't. I, I just, I just wanted to double check. I just no, wanted no, to double no, check. No, it, it wasn't. It wasn't. Rec- it wasn't received that way. It's, okay, um, good, good, good. Uh, it's not something that I've really heard of, but I, yeah, yeah, it's. I can't see the logic in it either because it's like, if you were to go to a Michelin star restaurant, are you trying to say that that should be the same price as a McDonald's burger? Like, yeah, it absolutely. can't. It can't mm. be because it's totally different products. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, doesn't make sense. 
and I, yeah. you know, it kind of ties into this. Uh, the, the, I know it's a bit, a bit of a cliche thing, but like you, you do often get get what you pay for in life, don't you? You know, and actually, people get people do spend more on me than than they would have done four years ago. But I give, I give more. Mm-hmm. I'm able to give more because I charge more. Yeah, yeah. You know, I have that space and that that sort of mental break now in my season to be able to recharge and to go again and and to to just be more committed in those moments that you know weddings are full on right they're, like they're hard long days they are like, crazy yeah. physically physically demanding mm-hmm. you know um to turn up every time and and to to produce a really high level of work is is exor- it can be exhausting yeah, yeah. um and that that for me is that is exactly why I charge more and that's why I charge what I charge. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Speaking about the physicality, like you mentioned that you like to go out running. Is that something that you do does it have a couple of I can imagine there's a couple of elements to it that helps with the physicality of weddings, but did that also help with any burnout phase that you were going through? Like is that part of yeah. meditation almost? Um, yeah, I mean, my, my fitness journey over the last year or two hasn't been what it was for a, a period. I think up until kind of COVID year, I kind of kind of peaked at doing an Ironman in 2019, which was like a well, like that was like the, the the culmination of sort of three or four years of like really kind of being committed to just looking after myself a bit more. And um, you know, I've not taken my foot off. I've not kind of neglected fitness, but I've definitely I've definitely haven't given it what I what I, what I was giving it over those over that period of time mm-hmm. um actually recently just really got into paddle have you guys played paddle 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 uh, what no what, what i've is, not played this oh what my paddle? lord it's like tennis it's, but with it's tennis but bats. in a glass <laughs> yeah like small like with hard bat harder bats in a in a glass box right oh so it's kind of like a bit it's kind of like got a squash element to it yeah I, I'm, um, think, I'm thinking squash when you say paddle but, yeah so okay. but it's just it's just it's apps it's brilliant Absolutely, I'm playing tonight, um, and just absolutely love it. It's brilliant. Oh, interesting. Okay, yeah. okay. But 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 for me, fit, like fitness, it served it served a couple of purposes. I mean, obviously, you know, I don't know if you guys have got family and stuff, but like just having kids, like sometimes it's just that it, it's that headspace. It's just being able to kind of just go out and just have a, a, a silent half an hour, forty five minutes to yourself. Yeah. Um, but it was like the the physicality of weddings was just starting to take its toll a little bit on me. You know, in that sort of. 2015 through to sort of 2017, 18 time, um, you know, I would struggle a bit with my lower back. That was, that was always an area of concern. Like again, you know, carrying cameras off my shoulders and working sort of 12, 13 hour days and then doing like back to back. So it was just like, it was just exhausting. And I think in 20, at start 2016, I went and got a PT, which is the first time I'd ever done anything like that. And nice up until I think 2020, I, I went and worked out with Craig every, every Monday. And it was just, it was just a massive, massive help for me as a, you know, um, just, just go into weddings. Like my recovery was better. You know, I was able to kind of be more focused. I was more focused and alert and ready for longer periods of the day. I wouldn't have that kind of mid afternoon slump. I'd just be mm-hmm. like, no, let's, let's keep going to the point where I like, you know, I'll, I'll talk about this on my course, but like, even during like downtime at dinner, I, I literally eat my food and I'm there again. And I'm up, I'm watching, I, I might not be taking photos, but I'm up and I'm, I'm watching people and I'm observing the space and mm-hmm. I'm like ready. If, if something happens, I'm there, nice. you know, because sometimes, you know, you know, from weddings, like things happen at the least at the most bizarre times, don't they? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> 
So yeah, uh, there was there Just, was there was one year Sam where um, I had injured my back, um, and what I think it was like the sciatic nerve. I think I had damaged it somehow, mm-hmm. and it's still it's still a reoccurring issue. But it was one the first year it happened. Do you remember this, Greg? I think Glenn I know Morris. what you're gonna say. Yeah, we were shooting a wedding. And I'd, I'm pretty sure it was like around the drinks reception or it must have been when we were having dinner, a break yeah. with dinner. I sat down and I could not get back up again. <laughs> like I, Honestly, Greg had to help me up. And for a year or maybe two years after, I was walking like with a kind of curve in my spine because at the time I didn't go to the gym or whatever. Didn't do running, didn't do any kind of like that. Um, and I'm wondering... How many of our listeners out there are thinking, you know what, I actually do have, I get elbow pain, I get knee pain, I get back pain. A big help for me personally, doing weightlifting, finding a PT like like Sam did. Yeah. You know, I know it's, <laughs> I know you need to kind of get yourself in the mindset to do it, but... That is a that's such a beneficial route to go down, yeah. rather than the medication. I think, um, and I think the mind the mindset shift for me then was to I, I can remember doing it at the start of the year, saying, "Do you know what? Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna see this as part of my job. Like, I needed yeah. I needed to make it part of my job to do it, mm. which is yeah you know, a bit of a shame. Really, I shouldn't have had to do that. I should have just been like, no, I just need to do it for me anyway. But that was the that was the mindset shift that I needed to kind of go. I'm gonna I'm gonna turn up every week and do that. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, even because I would find often that I'd, I'd get into running for like four or five weeks, and I'd get to a really good stage of running, and be like, then just work would get get busy, and I'd, before you know it, two months have gone by, I've not been out once. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so actually going to Craig, that Craig was my kind of, I I had to go to him because I told him that I was going and I paid him, so I had to go there. Even if I'd had a week off, I was like, no, I need to go because I paid him. He's waiting for me. Yeah. You know, I kind of needed that. Whereas now, even though I don't, I don't do as much, I've got a gym over the way that I, I don't use enough, but I, I am starting to use. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to play paddle tonight. I'm going out for a run on Friday. So I, I don't need that. I don't need that cue as much as maybe I did back then. So yeah, just, I think it's just a, you know, it's just a vital part of running a business, isn't it? If you, you know, if you can't look after yourself, you know, you don't have a business. It's as simple as that. Yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. Another thing you touched on just a few moments ago is that when you were talking about your son was born and you set a goal of by 2020, you want to cut down the number of weddings. Is that something that's helped keep you focused and keep you continuing on in your business when you've been in slumps, having goals that you're aiming towards? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've never really... I've never really been someone that's set like got, I know some people do it religiously, don't they? It's like, I've got to do this, got to do this. It wasn't even, even then when I look back on it, I didn't even write it down. Right. Um, it was just literally that, like that, that level of awareness that was like, right. Okay. I can't keep doing this. I want to, I want to start making some changes. So I was like, right. I'm just good. This is what I'm going to work to in my mind. Um, and even now I don't really, I don't necessarily know that I have those goals for the next sort of two or three years. I've got a few, you know, like I'm, I suppose my goals are a little bit different in that I'm trying to grow other elements of my business and I'm trying to kind of, you know, develop other areas. Um, but I don't necessarily have that. That was a really clearly defined goal for me. Um, and yeah, I think, I think it's, I think it's helped. I think, I think it helped. 
you know, I've, I, it gave me something to work towards, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, and it gave me that focus. Um, and, and again, like having now kind of achieved that goal has allowed me to kind of go and do these other things that I'm doing. Uh-huh. Um, because if I was still, if I was still in like that sort of that price bracket and still doing even 35, 40 weddings a year, I wouldn't have the time for anything else. Yeah. And, totally. and I think the bigger, maybe it's not even just about getting to the price point where I could shoot less. It's, it's almost that bigger, that, that bigger idea that do I want to be a wedding photographer when I'm 55, 60? Mm. I don't, I don't think I do. No, in fact, no, no, I tell, I tell a lie. I don't want to be. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Why? why? I, don't, I don't want to be. Um, I, I would like to, I'd like to be doing something completely different. Not, mm. it's not that, it's not that I don't love weddings. Again, I have to be really careful when I say that. Like I genuinely yeah, yeah, we get you, still we get, get a buzz, but you know, I'm, yeah. I'm 40 this year yep. and I've had a great 10 years of being in the industry mm-hmm. and I, and I don't see myself walking away from it yet, but I would like to think that over the next two, three, four years that maybe some other doors will open that will be like, okay, this is the next stage and this is where I'm going to go. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I just don't, I don't like the idea of just being in the same place again for that another 15 years. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, the paddle championships are calling. <laughs> yes. That's what, I, that's yeah, what it you, should be. You want to watch some of the, you want to watch some of the YouTube rallies and clips on there, on there, then tell me you don't want to go and play paddle. <laughs> I will definitely have a look. Um, <laughs> Do you guys want to be doing it when you're, you know, 10 in 10 15 years time i don't think so like i don't <sighs> no. we, we've talked about it before it's like yeah. when you're 50 or 60 are you still able to be sort of as creative uh well you are able to be as creative yeah. but relatable to the yeah the target audience it's hard to see that so probably not but I, at I the same time i don't um i, can't I don't see that question out. i don't question that my work won't be like still good yeah and still likable i still think i'd be able to produce that level of work and people will pay for that and like it and and love it it's more just about do i want do i physically want to be going to weddings at at that age Mm. i i just i'm not i'm not so sure yeah there's definitely a youthful aspect to weddings but greg look at us we look like children anyway (laughs) unaged vampires like uh what's that guy's name from Ant-Man? <laughs> what's that? What's that guy's name from Ant-Man? Who's Ant-Man? Uh Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. Is that him? Like Paul Rudd. Or Chris Pratt. On on you know. Okay. We're gonna get better with each. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Bit, bit of a brain fart. Sam, why do you think creatives get burnout? Like why why is that a thing? Um I mean I I think I think if you look at what you have in a day and a week and a month in terms of your your actual physical output and what you can offer, there's only so much you can there's only so much you can give. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I think it just comes from just taking on too much work. Like I think creatives, are like a really important part of any creative is to just to be able to to rest and to reset. Um, I don't know about you guys, but like I have, I have all my ideas when I'm, when I've stopped, you know, I don't really switch yeah. off, you know, and that's kind of like where another idea was born really was that like kind of that constant, like, Oh, I've had another idea. Like, Oh, this is, I'm, I'm on a holiday, but my mind's just gone into overdrive, <clears throat> you know? Um, 
and and I think yeah, I think burnout's just it's just a dangerous place to be, isn't it? Because your business mm. is ultimately going to suffer. Like you're in that place of like being really busy, and that's kind of telling you it's great because you're really busy, but it catches up with you at some point, whether that's physically, emotionally. Um, and when it does catch up with you, that's when you then open to a mistake or dropping some dropping a dropping a ball and something going a bit wrong. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. We and and it's you just have to be you know it's just you have to be careful, don't you? Yeah, like, yeah. We find that doing the podcast actually helps with sort of any sort of burnout type thing. It's like it's a chance to sit down and just openly talk with people. Mm. Yeah, and get your thoughts out, get your ideas out. And it's it's almost like therapy. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but like as a as a as a side as a takeaway from our podcast that I didn't really anticipate is the lessons that I've taken from our speakers. Yeah, have been like huge. Like I I can look back to three or four moments over the last year where I'm like I've I've heard them say something. I've been like, okay, yeah, I'm going to do that. Oh yeah, I'm going to do that. I've I've taken. I've taken a, a valuable lesson from that person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it just becomes about having like a growth mindset, doesn't it? And, a, and, a, and an idea around just always wanting to learn and grow and develop. And I think that's, again, it all comes back to everything again that I'm doing here, like with YouTube and doing the podcast. It's like, I'm just trying to just grow myself as an individual and a, as a creative, as a businessman, as, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. just don't want to be, just hey, I'm just I'm Sam, and I'm just a wedding photographer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Do you think like st- sort of staying creative and um, pushing yourself with new challenges is a way to sort of force yourself out of a rut or out of burnout? Like, I remember one time we were sort of feeling a a bit in a rut, and it, we just went to like our local coffee shop that we go to. And I was like, right, Simon, one lens challenge. You've got to like shoot a promo video in this place with just one lens. Do you think things like that can help with burnout? Without without a shadow of a doubt, like just finding something, just like reconnecting with what you're you're passionate about, isn't it? Mm. Um, You know, I'll always talk about photography. Like for me, like me as a wedding photographer was born out of me, like just loving, like wanting to take photos of like Betsy when she was born and and family members and you know having that like I, st- I still do it now i still take photos at home even if it's just on my phone and be like this is gonna be the best photo i've taken like i love this oh, i love you know just always being passionate about taking that image um and yeah i think just giving yourself little challenges it, it i think what it does is it makes you i think i, I suppose it, it it gives you that belief and that trust and that confidence in your own ability to be able to go and create i think we all like it's just human nature to doubt yourself and to think you know there's people out there that are better than you especially in today's age mm-hmm. you know we, we're, we're bombarded by people doing ridiculous things all the time and making us feel like we're not good enough um and and sometimes you've just got to go out and just shoot for yourself again and just go no actually no i've done so- this is this is great i i've enjoyed that process and that and and i have done it and Again, when you you look at like me doing the YouTube stuff at the moment, it's that I'm starting to enjoy that creative process now, and I'm starting to kind of go, no, I I can do this. Like in the moment, it doesn't feel like I can do it, (laughs) 
but yeah. but when I sit when I sit down when I sit down and pull it all together, there's there's the there's there's something there, mm. and from that you just build a bit of confidence, don't you? And it yeah. and it just grows. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, so I don't know. I don't know if there's like a single answer for that question. It's just yeah, it, knowing that all creators feel that that doubt and that burnout. It's just it's normal, but mm-hmm. giving yourself the, the space and the break to be able to kind of just step back from it and breathe, yep. and then to go into a, a passion project, I think is probably the the best bit of advice or process that you can kind of work through. Yeah, I know our listeners out there they're going to be getting ready for Thrive, and I said this with on Rebecca's episode. I think it was Rebecca's episode that. You know, we spoke about our own burnout in the podcast in the past, and we briefly touched on it with Rebecca. But when we went to that workshop for filmmakers, when we were in that rut, the light switch just hit. And I know if if our listeners out there, you know, they're getting ready for Thrive, if they're feeling like they are starting to become worried or, or, or they have that self-doubt, going to Thrive is a bloody good step to overcoming that for sure. Yeah, And I wonder, for those people out there who are feeling the initial signs of burnout or they do have an, you know, an un, like that doubt is just like pouring out of them and they can't control it. Do you have any words of encouragement to help them right now, even before they go to Thrive or even for the people who aren't going to Thrive? Like any words of encouragement, any tips, anything like that? Um, well, I think I, I think there was one thing that you you mentioned then about going to thrive, and and it made me think of this 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 one point, and that is that you might only take one thing away from that conference. Like, don't don't go there expecting it to change your life. Mm. Don't go there expecting to like fill a notebook and be like, oh my lord, I've got so much to work through here. This is going to be amazing. <laughs> you might just hear one of the speakers say one little thing, one sentence that could drastically alter your mindset and approach to where you're going to be going. And it's that, it's that like, it's that 1%, one degree shift in direction that Mm -hmm. over time is going to compound and it's going to alter everything that 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 entire journey that you're on. And you've just got to be open to it. Yeah. You just have to go there with a a clear mind, you know, a, a willingness to want to, take on board that whatever piece of information it might be when it presents itself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, but by the way, I, I love that. I love that tip or that the little nugget because it was one piece of advice that I heard, Greg, if I was to ask, what would you assume that one nugget of thing that I did that changed that I heard at that workshop that changed the work, what would it be? Can't remember who said it, but I remember for months afterwards, you kept going on about your crutches. Uh, yes, that that was more so like, yeah, the things that I did, the tools, but I, 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 more, more of an even basic thing. Can, do, would you know how to? Nope. No? It was expose for the highlights. That was it. Expose for the highlights. Uh, it's just a really simple thing that you would just take for granted now, isn't it? Such a simple thing. Yeah. But the 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 kind of thought process for a lot of filmmakers, because we don't really have the latitude of like raw footage. I mean, we mm. do now, but it's, you know, and we can shoot in log now, even though we still don't. Um, yeah, even though it looks really dark, 
films are really dark. They use silhouettes. They use shapes more than, you know, like all these like more creative decisions. You know, like if I'll share, you know, yeah, my 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 one one piece of advice that I took from somebody was uh, Tyler working at um at a conference in 2015, and it was just the idea that. 99% 99% of his images that he ever takes, they're always just for his couple. They're nice. They're great images that, you know, they are what they are. They're, you know, technically they're fine, mm-hmm. but there's that 1% of those images. They're like, they're the ones that he's passionate about. They're the ones that are for him. Yeah. And, and that, what that did to me, it made me go, oh, okay. Okay. So I can just let, I'll let go of that weight of pressure on all of those other images needing to be, what are like not every image needs to be a hero image yeah not every image you know and then i flipped that a little bit and i kind of went okay well if if i'm just going to create if if one percent of all the images i take are going to be like the ones that are for me and the ones that i'm going to use for my marketing and my hero images on my shot then maybe i just need to work harder and shoot more like because if i go to a wedding and i come away with like one percent of say two thousand images or I, I come away with one percent of ten thousand images. How many? How many more images am I going to come away with that are going to be like the ones that I love and shout about? Yeah, well, yeah. Um, and it was. It was just like, okay, right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna let go of thinking that every shot's got to be like the best thing I've ever taken in my life, and I'm just going to lean into it, work unbelievably hard anyway, and just push myself to 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 get the best I can in every moment, and then just accept that not all of them are going to be the best images I've ever taken, but that's fine Yeah, because they, yeah. don't, they don't need to be. You're just increasing your odds of getting a great yeah. image. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that was also very similar to, you know, one of the other things I heard was, you know, of course they're going to like their wedding. They're going to love the wedding film because you're shooting them. You're shooting their family, mm. their friends, their, you know, wherever it may be. So like, like this, this was when I was like, "Oh, I gotta shoot everything on a slider, and I, I have to think this way, and I gotta get these shots." I'm like, "No, no, no, <laughs> moments." Yeah. And what can I do to enable me to ca- capture moment moments? Is get rid of the kit, shoot with your hands, like you know, so I can quickly turn and grab Auntie Janice, giving her a huge, big guttural laugh, or. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like run around with the kids and follow them, and you, you just can't do that with such heavy gear. So, yeah, yeah, reducing all the kit. Speaking of, think, yeah, great. Speaking of the sh- shooting, yeah, what what is a shoot session with Sam? <laughs> shoot, 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 shoot. <laughs> shoot session with Sam <laughs> at Thrive going to look like? Like what what have you got planned? Is there anything exciting? So this is a bit of an interesting one for me because I don't, I haven't really done live shoots before. It's not something I've, Ooh. I've. I've ever when I've done workshops, uh-huh. I've never really done live shoots, right? Um, and and I think uh, I think a lot, yeah, it's going to be. I'm excited by it. I'm excited because I know that the things that I do when I really stop and think about it are they're very intentional. Um, the things that I look for, the triggers that I have, the the visual aesthetic I'm trying to create is is there, um, and. And I think it's about, I mean, without going into too much about what I'm going to talk about, it's like a lot of it is around making how, how to engage with a couple, how to make them feel at ease. Um, 
and 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 how to like just really focus on like this just the simple stuff and and how to just really execute that to the to the highest level um i think i don't know if this is the same for video but i think a lot of photographers almost fall into the trap of just trying a little bit too hard like and i'm not saying you shouldn't try like you should try but like do you know what i mean like try like yeah. trying to be too trying to be too creative and too edgy and too out there mm. and actually just just get like the sips sometimes you've just got to get the simple beautiful shots of your couple and let yeah let them feel comfortable and at ease in front of the camera yeah um that's it but there'll be things around yeah what i look for in terms of framing and composition and yeah like background plays a really big part i think in a lot of work you know i've i'll always i'll always pay real i always pay really close attention to what the background is and like either it's in terms of its shape or its color or its you know depth um so yeah there's going to be there's going to be a lot of things that we that we work work through um and yeah and i'm just looking forward to seeing what like i'm also looking forward to seeing what questions people have got on those shoots you know like what do they want to know like how yeah. where where what are their struggles like how do they feel in those moments because uh -huh. um, i think i think a lot of people do put a lot of worry and fear into the portraits part of the day don't they like it's the be all and end all it's got to you know and i'm like no yeah let's, let's just do 10 let's just do 10 minutes <laughs> and why do why do we do 10 minutes okay well th this is why and mm -hmm. just yeah i think it's one of those it's it's a it's a it's a funny part of the day mm. uh yeah, you're right. Uh, I wonder if it's anything to do with uh, getting as much portfolio content as you can for social media. Because mm. I, I really, I think that's where it's born from. Yeah, isn't it? yeah. Because I, yeah, when social media started becoming a thing, when Instagram, like, I we noticed it coming, like, and um, we had was it Fair Huristi who came on the podcast, Greg, and he was like, you only need like five, yeah, five images. At most yep. five, yeah. Of, of like a shoot or whatever it was. You don't need to go location to location to location yeah. to location, wasting the couple's time. It's a party. They're there to see their family and friends. It's not just a photo shoot for yeah. you. Yeah, because if you think mm. about how many images they're going to put on their wall, three, two, three, four, yeah. maybe. And guess what? What? Uh, and guess what, what photographs are going to go on their wall even more and on the wall of their family and friends? The group shots. And I know <laughs> yeah. you fucking love the group yeah. shots, photographer. I know you love them. But those yeah. are the mantelpiece photographs, you know what I mean? So, yeah. So you're uh, saying Sam should just do a group shot for his shoot session? Yeah. <laughs> do it, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> just gather people around from Glasgow and just be like, right, guys, I know you're all strangers, but this is all going to go on your... So I don't know. Uh, Sam, I'm not going to ask you what's in your kit bag because people can go to your YouTube. They can. And there. check There's out that video. That. There's a, yeah, yeah. So go check it out, people. However, one thing we do like to ask our guests is... Do you have any book recommendations? Or we've already talked we've about already, TV shows. We've already talked, so, we've already talked yeah. about TV shows. Um, yeah. Yep. So, so in fact, anything. Oh, um, uh, Rebecca's episode. She used some of your recommendations for books. I'm sure. I, oh, did she? Oh, yeah. Well yeah. recalled. So Jesus. Yeah. Let's, let's see if you come yeah. up with the same ones or um, better. <laughs> so I think the one the one that stands out for me um, would probably be Big Magic. I think it's called by Elizabeth Gilbert. Um, which if you are, if you listen to this and you're a creative is an absolute must. 
Um, I'll, I'll be honest. I'm not. I'm not the biggest reader out there. I don't. I don't read anywhere near enough. Um, I, I would love to have the time to do more of it, but I just. I just don't. Um, but that that big magic. I'm pretty sure it's called big magic. Um, just just makes you feel a lot more comfortable as a creative, and and you you just understand the process a bit more and and how we all work. Um, and then another one that I read kind of at the time that I was moving into the studio and I was growing other things from a business point of view was um, secret. I think it's called secrets of a millionaire mind, which sounds really flexy and like a millionaire. I think that's the one Um, Rebecca said, if I remember right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And it's just around my, it's around mindset towards really it's about mindset towards growth and, you know, achieving, you know, really big things. Um, and you read it and you just go, oh yeah, yeah, I, yeah, that makes sense. I can see that, you know? Mm. Um, and there's just, there were a lot of things in there that really opened up my eyes to the potential of what I could do here. Um, one of them, like a couple of things that spring to mind, like when you're like negative, he talks about you become a living, breathing crap magnet you know, and, <laughs> and well, wealthy, generally people that are wealthy and successful don't have that like negative moany kind of mindset. They just don't. It's always like problem solving perspective. Um, and then another point that I can remember, and this was a big one was like your, your wealth is relative to the size of the audience that you can serve. And I think that kind of brings me back to why I'm doing what I'm doing now with YouTube. And well, it's not about wealth, but it's like you're rewarded to a level of like the bigger the audience that you can serve and the more value that you can bring to that audience is therefore reflected in, you know, your success. And yeah, and I think it was just that idea of, hold on, if I can take what I do here as a, an educator and put it out to a, a bigger audience, you know, through the the medium of YouTube and through the medium of my online course, then maybe there's bigger success there for me than just being a wedding photographer. Yeah, um, yeah, totally. Cool. And the world's a big place, right? You know, we're just huge. <laughs> like, you know, we, I said at the start about having 130 people sign up. It's like, okay, I, I found myself going, God, oh, that's it. Now everyone signed up. No one else is going <laughs> to want to sign onto my course, are they? But you're like, oh, hold on, hold on. There's, they reckon there's 140,000 photographers in the US. Yeah. Okay, right. Yeah, there's a there's a big market out there. Yeah, um, definitely. So, yeah, yeah. So, awesome. last question and sort of wrapping up that we like to ask is, what's your one piece of advice that you would give to someone just starting in the wedding industry today? Um, oh, I don't know if it's a, a single piece of advice. It's probably like a, a a few elements to it, but the first is just to be. <laughs> unbelievably passionate about wanting to create image images like without like if you don't have the passion for taking a photograph like you won't make it it's as simple as that or you will you know it will run its course and and you'll move on to something else like you have to be passionate you have to want to be passionate about getting better as well Mm -hmm. and just being open to learning um and then just reminding yourself that no one no one else is no one's got it all figured out no one no one really knows what they're doing we're all just on our journeys we're all on our own path some of us are further down that journey than others that's fine just let those people do their thing 
focus on you, focus on what you're passionate about, what speaks to you, what connects you as a photographer to like you, you know, just really kind of enjoy that process of learning and developing your style. The quicker you get to that, the better. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know if that's like one point or if there's a few in there, like kind of a it's, bit of a messy answer really, but you, it's fine. I think you kind of know where it's I'm coming a, from. It's a good it's, piece of motivation for, we are two hours sure. into it. <laughs> I was, like, I was going to say, I was, I'm looking at the desk thinking, this is the longest episode we've done of the, we've, we've <laughs> talked, haven't we? We've definitely talked. I mean, I love a long form content. I love long form. It's great. So thank you very much. Uh, let's wrap it up though. Cause we don't want to take too much of your time. That's uh, all right. Sam Docker. Thank you very much for joining us today. Thanks Where... for having me. Sorry. Sorry. It took you a while to pin me down, but we got, <laughs> we got there. <laughs> it's yeah. fine. I like a challenge. I mean, there's been a few podcast guests, which I, I enjoy the challenge and I will fucking get you on whoever I need to get on. <laughs> right. Uh, anyway, Sam, uh, where can people find you online? Uh, samdocker.co is my website and again that's the Instagram handle that's generally if you just search me on YouTube you can find me as Sam Docker um, and then there's the podcast which is another idea and then the education platform is the complete wedding photographer.com which is launching today is it launching today Amy? Yeah it's launching today L- Amy tells me it's Still launching on track. today we're good, good. thanks so, yeah, Amy we're good. <laughs> so if you're if you're watching this episode it's out because this it's episode out. will be out in a few days yeah. time so, yes very cool. amazing yeah yeah awesome thank you very much guys really nice chat to you both thank you thanks yeah. for having me on uh, people can find us at cinematefilms.co.uk on Instagram and Facebook forward slash cinematefilms uh, this episode has been brought to you by Photography Farm in anticipation of Thrive 2023 happening the 20th and 21st of March in Brighton and the 23rd the 24th of March in Glasgow six incredible speakers shoot sessions so you can see your heroes in action you get your lunch and snacks provided and it's held in two super cool boutique hotels. Along with that, you get a cool goodie bag and the chance to hang out with some of your industry peers for two whole days. However, I keep saying, do the tour, do the tour. Uh, anyway, if you've liked this in, if, if you've liked this, in, third time's a charm. If, <laughs> if you have you. loved this episode, <laughs> hit that subscribe button and join us on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash at Perspective by Cinema or wherever you get your podcasts. Even leave a review if you can be bothered. We hope to see you in the next episode. However, in the meantime, enjoy your Thrive.